we, um, you know, I can't uh, think, as we're in this series called Finding Our Way Back to God, I can't think of a better series to be in as we're dedicating our children, uh, because this is so critical. These children um, are going to come to a point, like every single one of us sitting in here, uh, are going to come to a point where they're going to have to make a decision whether they're going to follow Christ or they're not going to follow Christ. Some of them will do exactly what we're talking about today, hopefully uh, more in the positive than the negative, but they will be faced with that decision, do I leave uh, what I've been taught, do I walk away from what I've been taught, do I turn my back on what I've been taught and raised in, or do I embrace it, do I accept it, do I embrace it, do I make it my own? And so it's a very, again, a very uh, critical moment within the lives of these children. It's a very critical moment for parents, and it's a very critical moment for us as a community. Uh, when we ask these questions, it's not just some formal little uh, nice little ceremony that we do and we kind of take pictures and remember, but it's something that we should be taking very serious. And that as a community of believers, this is the way uh, the Hebrews did it. This is the way they did it in that time, that they were a community, that um, they helped raise the children. Uh, they helped raise people in the in the way. And so um, I pray that you will take it serious as we committed to that and that we will help uh, each other's children grow in the faith and that we will instruct them. And again, that's why we talk about our kids' ministry and our student ministry and how important it is for us to be involved and volunteer so that uh, these kids can be exposed and be, be um, influenced in a positive way um, to, to the teachings of Christ and what that means. And so I pray that you will really take that serious and that you will really embrace that. Um, how many of you are familiar, if you just raise your hand, how many of you are familiar with the word rumspringa? How many of you ever heard the word rumspringa? Okay, some of you, alright. How many of you have an Amish descent? How many of you come from the Amish community? Not that we have a gift for you or anything, but just not a party gift, you know. Just out of curiosity. Rumspringa is from um, the Amish community, and essentially what it is, it means to... It literally means to uh, it means running around, okay? And it's used here. Uh, the Amish use it here as a practice for a child, a youth, to go sow their wild oats, okay? Um, and essentially, what it is is this: when a teenager becomes uh, between the ages of 14 and 16, they are granted the freedom. They are granted the freedom, the permission, to leave the community and to go out on weekends and experiment and to explore the world outside in whatever way they choose uh, to do that. And so uh, they've been raised in this one particular way, and then when, between, when they hit the, age between, uh, the ages between 14 and 16, they are given permission, they are given um, uh, the opportunity to go out and sow the wild oats, to go explore, to go, what, spread their wings, to, you know, to figure some things out, to, you know, to just see what's out there. Now the purpose behind that is this. When they come back, they have to make a decision, okay? And not just an aspirational decision, it's a decision. It's a critical decision. It's a decision that will affect the rest of their, the rest of their lives because after this time happens, uh, when they come back, they have a choice to make, and there's two. There's only two options to this choice. It's multiple choice with two. Okay, uh, it's either a they get baptized into the Amish faith or community. I shouldn't say faith, but the Amish culture, the Amish community, the Amish way. They get baptized into it. They say, yes, this is what I uh, am committing my life to. I'm coming back to this. I don't want to. Uh, leave this. I don't want to turn my back on this. This is who I am. And so I'm coming back to this and I'm being baptized. That's, the, that's one choice. The second choice is this. 
they can leave the community permanently. None of this in-out, fence-riding stuff. They can leave the community permanently. They can say, this isn't me. And so what they do is they make a decision to either stay a part of it or they make a decision to turn their back to say, this is not, this is not me. This is not who I am. I'm, I don't want to be a part of this. It's, it's not what I've been. It's just not me. I'm not cut out for this. Um, and so they go off to choose to live the way they want to live in the world outside of the Amish faith. Again, it's not half in, half out. It's none of this aspirational thing where we try to have the best of both worlds or whatever. It's either I'm in or I'm out. Here's my chips, I'm all in, or I'm out. And so the word is, uh, again, the word's called rumspringa, and I, I hopefully I'm pronouncing that correctly, but that is the word, and that's the connotation of that, of that um, or the concept of it. Now, as we think about that, as we think about that, I think for some of us, and, you know, as we are in this series called Finding Our Way Back to God, some of us sitting in here this morning could still be living in a rumspringa, per se, right? A quote-unquote rumspringa, where... We're still checking things out. We don't really, you know, uh, this whole God thing, it's kind of it's kind of cool. You know, I, I, you know, I was raised in it, and I get it to a certain degree, but then on the flip side, I'm not so sure I'm ready to commit to it. And so for some of us sitting in here this morning, we're living in this moment or this time of rumspringa where it's like, you know, I'm still checking things out, and I'm not really committed to one thing or the other. Some of us may call that our freshman year in college. Some of us may call it spreading our wings, sowing the wild oats, whatever you want, however you decide to call it, and if you're in your 40s or so, we call it midlife crisis, right? Right? Um, and so, some of us perhaps could still be in this right now. And so the question is, you know, the questions kind of come up, you know, what, what, what are we running from? What are we running to? What are we, what are we experimenting with? What are we exploring right now if we're, if we're in this? And so, as you can see, in this series that we're in, Finding Our Way Back to God, um, we, we read about this, we read about kind of a rumspringa within uh, this, this individual called the prodigal son. The prodigal son, uh, if you would, if you turn to uh, Luke chapter 15, I'm going to read a pass, uh, again the passage from there. The whole series is based upon this, this uh, parable that Jesus taught. I want to remind us, though, um, this parable is often considered the greatest story Jesus ever told, or the greatest story ever that's ever existed, period. Um, in chapter 15, just to refresh our, memory, our memories, in chapter 15, Jesus is, is answering kind of a question that the religious institution or whatever you want to call it, the church at that time was, was asking or was, or was criticizing uh, Him for. Uh, at the beginning of chapter 15, they were asking this question or making these statements that says, why is He eating with the outcasts? Why is he spending time with the sinners? Why is he spending his time with the people that defile him, that makes him unclean? There's no way that he could be God because that's not what God people do. That's not what the church people do. That's not what, you know, spending time and in, in, in being inside of something like that is, is the antithesis of who we're to be. And so Jesus, throughout chapter 15, sets up about three parables and all three parables talk about God's love. And Jesus is essentially saying this, and, we, and again, this is just kind of a recap of last week. Jesus is essentially saying this, I am the incarnate of God's love. What you see me doing is of God. I'm God. It's, this is who God is. This is how God acts. When God 
pursue someone with this love relationship and someone um, someone turns and they embrace they embrace God either for the first time or maybe even coming back when they find God there is a party and a celebration that breaks loose in heaven and so Jesus was saying literally this is what you see me doing is what God is all about and this is how God celebrates this is what happens when God, um, you know, when someone finds God, or however we want to kind of word that there. And so, and so he's addressing those. Now, within, the, within this parable of the prodigal son, we're extracting a couple other things that we, we can kind of see in there based upon the, the, the one that, um, that, went, that went off, okay? The one that went on his rumspringa. The one that, that wanted to go check the world out. The one to explore, and so we're taking a look at him and we're, and we're looking at a couple things that happened. Last week, we talked about him having this sense of longing. And we talked, we, we, we talked about, if you remember, if you were here, we talked about this sense of longing that we have, this desire to, to um, explore this, these desires that we have to find meaning and love and, and purpose and those types of things. The, that's not wrong. The desire, the longing part is not wrong. That's, you know, we, we, we believe that's how God created us. That that literally uh, should drive us into the arms of God. But what happens a lot of times, we go off and we try to, to fulfill those longings or that desire with other things, right? And when that happens, that's when everything derails. Because the only thing that's ever going to make sense and, and bring contentment and significance um, and fulfillment is when those longings and those desires are filled with God Himself. And that's when we, find our, when we truly find ourselves. And so that's, that's, where, that's what we talked about last week. This, this sense of uh, awakening to a longing. That's what we talked about uh, last week. And that's what that means. This week we're going to look at something different. We're going to look at another um, awakening. And it's called the awakening uh, to regret. Okay? So... Um, as we as we do that, uh, I want to read. I want to take a look at Luke chapter 15. Please grab a Bible on the back of the pew if you didn't if you didn't bring one. And um, let me. I want to look at verses. We're going to look at verses 17 through 18. Uh, but 11 through 24 is the story of the prodigal son. Uh, and but anyhow, in verses 17 through 18, it says this, and it's talking about the guy who went who went wayward. And let me just let me recap. If you weren't here, if you haven't read the story. Essentially what happened, this kid comes to his father and he says, hey, why don't you give me my inheritance because I'd like to go. I'd like to go. This, this, this thing that we got going on back here that, that I'm part of, I'm, I, it's not cut out for me. That's just not who I am. I'd like to get my inheritance and then like, I'd like to move on. I'd like to explore. Okay? I'd like to spread my wings. And so essentially, um, in the, if we would really look at the context of this, the way that would have been received in that culture uh, that father, it would have been like some kid saying, you know what, I, I just, you know, you're an idiot. I don't really care about you. I just want what's mine. So why don't you give it to me now and let me move on? And that's essentially, that's the taboo that, that, the, that, um, that this message, that this message would have, um, would have encountered or, uh, that this message, these, these individuals would have received, okay? And so as, he comes, he asks for his inheritance, the father gives him the, his inheritance, and the kid, the kid goes. As he goes, he's, he's longing for, he's searching. 
And so as he's going, he's searching for things, and he finds himself in a situation that is the worst situation ever. Now, as we pick up this story in uh, verse 17, it says this, When he came to his senses, meaning the sun that went off, when he came to his senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare? And here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. So, two things we're going to look at today. Two things we're going to look at. Number one, when he came to his senses. Okay? When he came to six, the second one is this. He says, I will set out and go back to my father. That's the great second, that's the second awakening that we're going to look at. Is that he came to his senses and he, he, he um, had this moment where he woke up, where he realized, whatever you want to call that, a God moment, whatever you want to call it, where, where the Holy Spirit grabs hold of your life, where God intervenes, whatever it is. It's when an individual is off pursuing things, they have no, they're just kind of doing their own thing, and then all of a sudden, something clicks with them. They have this epiphany, they have this, this clicking thing that happens with their, in their minds, and they stop, and they say, something's off. This is, this is off. This isn't serving me well. In fact, it's destroying me. I'm not getting what I think I, I'm not getting what I'm pursuing. Some of you have had that moment in your life. Some of you are still in the mode of moving and you haven't, maybe you haven't had that moment. Some of you are sitting in here this morning. You can look back and maybe it happened like last month. Maybe it happened this week. Maybe it happened years ago. But there was a point maybe in your life where you just stopped and you said, this is crazy. This, the, the way I'm going, the direction I'm pursuing, what I'm trying to do is not fulfilling anything. I have this longing, I have this desire, I have this itch, I have these things in my life, but, but where I'm going is not, it's not happening. And so you had this, this, you came to your senses, okay? And, and, and so this is what happened to him. He had his senses. He realized he was going in the wrong direction. He, he, was, at the, he was at the end of his rope. He literally... Uh, came to a place where it was just he was just devastated. And I don't understand. We've talked about this before. I don't understand it, but it seems like we as humans have to get to that point before we ever make a change. It's like we have to get to the point where we get our teeth kicked in to, for us to realize, you know what, maybe this isn't working. And I don't understand that. Some of you are sitting here this morning, you know exactly what I'm talking about. You were there. It's like you had to reach this utmost bottom of brokenness and have your teeth almost literally kicked in before you say, this is crazy. And, and so th- that's what this guy had. He came to his senses. But then something else happened. He didn't just stop there, but he made a decision to do something about it. There's a quote here that I want to read, and it's from um, Robert Rohr. And in this uh, quote, he writes and he says this. He says, you cannot heal what you, or you, yeah, you cannot heal what you do not acknowledge, and what you do not consciously acknowledge with, uh, will remain in you and remain in you and control you from within, festering and destroying you and those around you. Back up one slide here. I want to read that one more time. I want you to really lean into this. He makes this statement. It says that you cannot heal what you, do, what you don't acknowledge. There's no way you're going to heal something that you don't even know is there. You're not going to, you can't heal what you don't acknowledge. And what you do not consciously acknowledge will remain in control of you from within. And it will fester and destroy you 
and those around you. There's our encouraging moment to leave on, right? Does that encourage you? I've shared this with you guys before. And this just reminds me of of, of this whole thing here. Um, There's there's something about us. There's something about... Some of us will embrace this. But there's something about us as men and women where we don't like vulnerability, transparency, or accountability. Would you agree with that? If you don't, I'm going to look at our small group attendance. Because we just don't like that. We don't like being in positions of vulnerability, transparency, or accountability. I don't like it when someone comes into my life and says, hey, you got something going on we need to work on. That doesn't sit well with me at times. Does it you? And when it really doesn't sit well with me, and I'm sure it doesn't sit well with you, is when someone comes into your life that doesn't have permission to do that or say that. Have you had those types of people? That there's not reciprocity? It's just like, uh, let me share with you that God has anointed me to come into your life and point out everything wrong, and then I will dismiss myself and move on, right? You've got those angels within your life, right? We often call them a husband or a wife, right? Okay, got it. But anyhow, there's something about it, man, we just don't like. And because, I think because the, if, if we're not in a position like that, there are times where we will go through our life never understanding or knowing certain things that is off within our lives. Like, like this right here. Like this whole quote right here. There are things within our lives that we can't acknowledge because we don't even know they're there. And they're literally destroying us and they're destroying people around us. I've shared this with you before, but um, when I was back, when I was in my master's program for the, uh, for, for the ministry, um, I did an internship, uh, and it was very, it was extremely brutal, but yet very cathartic, okay? It was a two-year internship, and I swear to you there were times with the other staff, um, I had a weekly meeting with, with, with my, you know, with the senior pastor, and there were times I felt like I, he was a dog, and I was wearing milk bone underwear, Okay, that's what it felt like coming out of that room at times. And what I mean by that is this. He, he saw things within my life that I didn't see. And he just like peeled the scabs back and poured salt in them. And then just kind of, you know, it, 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 it felt, it hurt. It hurt. And I remember times that I, there was a, I remember a couple, one time in particular, I came home, I was in tears and I was re- literally, I was ready to rip the guy's head off and kill him, okay? I wanted to rip his head off and eat it. That's how upset I was, okay? Because it was like, he, he, he would come in and he would just expose something. He would expose that thing within my life that, that needed, that thing that was keeping me from growing, that was stunting my spiritual maturity or even my emotional maturity or things like that. And it just stunted my growth. And he would go in, he would just literally just peel it back and just pour salt in it. It would hurt so bad. And I remember one time I came home and I shared it with my wife and I, and I, and I sat there and I just poured my heart out. And I, re- I, I can still remember this day clearly and vividly when I was done sharing my absolute gut-wrenching hurt to her, she looked at me and said, he may have communicated it differently, but he's got a point. He could have communicated it differently, but he's got a point. 
I was ready then to rip her head off and eat her head as dessert with his. Do you realize how bad that hurt? I, I don't know if you know how bad that really hurt. I don't know if you've ever put yourself in a position where you've allowed someone to be that gut-wrenching honest. And I'll tell you something, my respect for my wife shot through the roof and continues to go through the roof because I'm around a lot of people that doesn't have a spouse within their life that needs to look at them in the eyes and say, you've got some things you need to work on. Instead of, and, 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 versus just coddling them and saying, oh, you're the greatest. Why don't we just pick our toys up and leave and go home? And then when that happens, growth doesn't take place. We continue to walk around not understanding or knowing things within our lives. Now, you may say, man, that guy was pretty mean to you. I don't think he was mean to me. I'm just sharing with you the, the hurt that it feels like when someone comes into that place. And the other thing that I acknowledge within my life is how thick my head is. And I begin to realize that God divinely ordained him to be in my life at that point in time so that I could grow and I could listen because no one else would have been able to do that for me. And I hate to say that, but it is what it is. I've learned over the years to really respect that, and I really look back during that time and really respect that, that moment because it really helped me to see that, that there are times that I need people within my life to be able to, 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 to lean into me, to say, hey, you've got an, you've got an, you've got an edge, you've got an area here that's kind of going unchecked, and, and you need to, you know, let's, let's work through this. I don't need people doing that to me that doesn't earn that right, okay? I'll just be right up front. I don't need someone else that, that can just be Captain Obvious or something like that and come in and then, and then extract themselves. But I do welcome people that will have, that we can have reciprocity where we're growing together through hurtful moments. I believe in that firmly. And I believe that's the, I believe that at some point, that, that at times, that is the only way that we ever come to our senses, when someone takes a snow shovel and just beats you across the face and says, hey, wake up, it's time to take a look at some stuff. And I believe that's what happened to this guy as he was going off and exploring. He had some things that, you know, that, that it was going unchecked. He had some of these things that was just, you know, out of kelter. He was, he, he was pursuing, he was, felt, you know, fulfilling his longings. But something happened where he came to his senses. And here's the beauty of this whole story. When he came to his senses, it didn't stop right there. He literally thought about it, and then he made a turn. He made a decision. Just like with me in that internship, I was faced, at that day I was faced, I was at a fork in the road that lit, where I literally stood there, and it was either I can take my toys and go home because this is too painful, and I'm not going to welcome someone into my life that's going to create such pain. Or I can continue down this path and I can be a man and grow up and grow more spiritually mature and emotionally and other, other ways that I can you know, grow uh, in, in maturity. And, and so I, I, I stood there. And, and just like this guy in the parables, that's exactly where he was at. He was standing there and it's like, I, I, I can either continue to do what I'm doing and live in misery or I can stand up and I can face my decisions that I've made, and I can turn and I can go back to my Father and say, look, I've sinned against you, I've sinned against God, I've sinned against heaven and earth, 
and I'm sorry. Will you accept me back into the family? And we read a story where the guy, that's exactly what he did. And the beauty of this whole story is, which is, the, which is I think, the point that Jesus was trying to teach was this. The response of the Father. He turns and instead of finding condemnation and being judged and ostracized and outcast or just shunned, the Father literally broke another taboo, taboo at that time and He literally ran out to His Son and embraced Him. And as the Son was talking and trying to confess, the father, I could hear the Father interrupting, not even, not even hearing what He had to say. Because He was so overjoyed that his son had come to his senses. That his son had, had repented. That whole word of repent. And, and when we look at that word, it's, it's, it's a multifaceted word. Um, it, it literally means to change one's mind. And it also means to return. If, this next slide it shows you right here. It's, this, it's these words that's going to come on the screen right now. There we go. It's these, wor- this, these words that in the Greek, the Hebrew, it literally means to change one's mind, to return. That's what repentance means. Repentance means that we have this awakening, we have this moment where we realize that we're heading in the wrong direction. That the, the, what we're trying to do is literally sabotaging what we're, what, everything about us. And the longing that we have. And, and, and so there's this moment that we come to our senses and we turn and, and, and we go back and we go back to the loving arms of our Father. We don't find condemnation or judge, or again, the being shunned and outcast, but we find this incredible sense of mercy, grace, and love. Now, let me say this, guys. I get that some of us in here this morning, and it's this continuum of, 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 of spiritual journey. It's, it's a process. It's a growth. It's a process. It's not a one-time thing. For some of you sitting here this morning, you may be still checking out God. Maybe this is going to be the first time you're going to turn and you're going to find your way back to God and God's going to embrace you and you're not going to experience any of the things that you have connotated in your mind right now um, of, of being like shunned or outcast, but instead you're going to be embraced by the arms of the loving Father. For some of us in the middle here, maybe we've lost our edge. Maybe we've lost our spiritual fervency. Maybe we're just kind of going through the motions right now. That's not what it means to be living this spiritual life. I get that there's going to be setbacks in life. I get that. I understand that. We're living in a broken world. We're broken individuals. I get that 100%. But if we're not finding joy in our walk with Christ, something is off. Could we please acknowledge that and realize that something is off? is off. It's like it's like John on the Isle of Patmos in Revelation with the church, you know, the, the instruction was you've lost your first love. Return. Return to what you first love. Then there's the others here on the spiritual journey, this continuum, that you're over here, you've found intimacy with Christ, you're living in that moment where, where when we talk about finding our way back to God, you kind of scratch your head and you say, well, this series really isn't for me. I really can't relate with it. Don't check out. Because there's no way you've arrived. There's no way that we can possibly know the vastness of who God is. God wants to continually bring us in. He wants to continually peel back uh, the areas to say, look, man, there's more of me for you to experience. There's more of me for you to encounter. We're on this journey until we leave this earth and we're standing with Him face to face and receive our glorious bodies, right? Where everything is, 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 is the way it should be. 
And so I pray that you don't check out. And here's the other side of things. This just doesn't have to deal with salvation. I think this has to do with all kinds of stuff. I think we have personalities. Areas of our personalities that need to be redeemed. I think we have areas of, of thought. and, and all ki- There's all kinds of components of who we are as spiritual beings that God wants to continue to redeem and continue to help us to become more in His image. So please, let's never get to the point to where we can just check out and say, this isn't for me. God is such a vast God, and He wants to reveal such power, such new things to us on a daily basis. So I pray that every single one of us will lean into this, this series. I pray that you will commit to that prayer that we talked about last week with Pascal, where it says, God, if you're real, make yourself, make yourself more real to me. And maybe that's not your prayer. Maybe your prayer should be, God... I've, I, I've, I've, I've walked with you for many years and, I, and, and, and I've, I'm, I'm, I'm celebrating with you, but I want to know more. I want you to draw me in more. I want you to show me more areas that I can grow. I want you to continue to show me areas that I, can, that, that I need to, to, to let go or I need to mature in maybe, but, but, I need, but I want to know you even more deeper. And so I pray again that every single one of us would commit to this, that we wouldn't just check it out. We wouldn't just check out, check out, and just say, well, this, this isn't for me, it's too basic. It's never too basic. You, you haven't arrived if you're sitting in here this morning and you're breathing. And again, we're all on this, this continuum someplace. And so I pray that you would allow the Holy Spirit to just connect with yours and just, you know, just, just really grab your, your, um, your spirit and you would open yourself up to Him. I want to close, as the worship team comes back, I want to close with a story that I'm, I'm sure you've heard. Um, but I want, to, I, want to, I want to revisit it, because I think it really, I think you'll enjoy, if you haven't heard it, it's a very powerful story. If you have heard it, it's still a very powerful story, probably since the first time you've heard it. Um, there, was a, there was a girl, that, her name was Krista, and she grew up in a small cherry farm, in Michigan, which was what city? Traverse City. There we go. Um, she was a wild child, though. You, like I said, you probably you may have heard this story, but it's a really good story worth repeating. She was a wild child. She uh, was. Uh, she dismissed her parents as old-fashioned uh, because of how they responded to her piercings and tattoos. And one night, Kristen and her parents had this huge blowout. And at the end of it, she slammed the door and she yelled back at him. She said, I hate you guys. And then she acted on that plan. She acted on that emotion and she began, rehear- and she began to move uh, on the plan that she had rehearsed in her mind for many months. And so she ran away to Detroit. Within hours of arriving in, arriving in Detroit, she met a man who seemed warm and nice and he drove the most expensive car that she'd ever seen and he was willing to take her in. And this man taught her, this nice man taught her a few things that would make her valuable in the streets. And because Krista was young, she brought in top dollar for her services. As time went on and she got a little older, she wasn't bringing in top dollar anymore. And so she was thrown out on the street with no money and a huge drug habit to to try to support. One night she thought back to those sunny spring days when she would be lying beneath the cherry trees, realizing that renting her body on the streets of Detroit was no way to live, she decided she would head north and maybe even move to Canada and start over again. 
On her way north, she figured she'd try something that she thought had no chance of actually working, and so she mustered up enough courage to give her parents a call. No one answered. But she left a message telling them that she was going to be passing through Traverse City on her way to Canada. And if they wanted to see her, she would be at the bus station around midnight. After hanging up, she thought leaving the message was the most stupid thing she's ever done because the odds were they were happier now that she was gone and out of the house. As the bus headed north, she could see the sign saying that that it was getting closer to Traverse City. She ran through all these possible scenarios in her mind that no one would meet her or that someone um, that someone there might, if they did come, they would only shame her and condemn her. And finally arriving at Traverse City, she heard the bus driver say, 15 minutes at this stop, 15 minutes only. All her mental rehearsing didn't prepare her for what she had found when she stepped off the bus. At midnight in the small bus this small town bus depot, she walked. As she walked, she found dozens of familiar faces belonging to aunts, uncles, cousins, and grandparents, all wearing silly party hats. A huge banner hanging from the wall said, "Welcome home, Krista." Her dad broke through the crowd and ran up to her. As she tried to explain herself, he wrapped his arms around her, making it clear that all he really all that he really cared about was that his daughter was at home. Again, you may have heard this story before. Powerful story of someone returning back to home, returning back to what they, they came to their senses. And they came home, and instead of finding condemnation, they found love, and they found mercy. And they found this incredible sense of grace. I don't know where you're at today. Maybe you're sitting in here this morning, and you've come to a place in your life where you're, you're you kind of said it, you've said in your mind, if I could just start over. Maybe you can relate with that, you know, maybe uh, at some time in your life you, you've, you've made that statement. Or like I said, maybe you're making it today. Where you, where, where you come to your senses and you're just like, if I could just start over. If I could just wipe away this, if I could just go back to what it was, if I could just start over course the beauty of the gospel is that's the whole nature of it god's love is there saying come on back come on back come on back and let's let's do this again you know the beauty of it is though or the truth of the matter is for many of us we start over quite often (laughs) many times in our lives where we come to our senses and realize man i'm 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 off again and, and, it's, and sometimes it's very drastic. Sometimes it's very subtle how we kind of get off path. But, but the truth, but the truth is that, that God is right there just saying, come on back. I'm here. Come on back. And, and we find that sense of grace. And we find that sense of, uh, again, mercy and, and unconditional love once again. And that's what, that's what has to offer each and every one of us here today. And, and again, as I said before, before we close here and, and engage in our last couple songs, as I said before, this is a message for every single one of us sitting here this morning. You may be a person that's like Krista, that it's time to come home. You're sitting in here and you're aching, and it's time to come home. Maybe you're you're not that, that far over, but you're more here where you have a relationship with God, but it's like we talked about, you're not you're not happy. Something's off. Something is off kelter here. Something is just, it's not... 
it's not lined up right and maybe it's time for you to stop and say hey something's off here or maybe you're over here where you're 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 walking close with god but maybe god's leaning into you to say hey there's still some things that there's still some things here that i'd like to you know kind of work on but there's some things i'd really like to show you i want you to come in deeper i want you to come in deeper i want you to take another step i want you to come in deeper or maybe god's telling you this morning there's someone sitting next to you that i want i want to use you to reach maybe god's telling you this morning that you've got a co-worker that you've got a family member that you've got a someone that you know where you get your haircut or you grocery shop or you get gas or you have this loose affiliation with or whatever but God's leaning in on you saying this person needs to find their way back to me and I want to use you and so I don't I don't know where you're at on that spectrum but I truly believe that every single one of us in here this morning God's got a message for us as we as we spend time looking at this looking at this series, you know, finding our way back to God. So I pray that you would just lean into it. In these next few moments, would you just please open your hearts and just respond the way the Holy Spirit would have you to respond. And I pray that you would just, that you would do that. This is the time between you and God. So I pray that you would just open yourself up um, before God and just allow Him to uh, communicate with you here this morning. Lean into it. Why don't you stand? Let me have a word of prayer and then we're going to sing a couple more songs. Father, I just give you great thanks that you're a God that, that, that you don't condone the sinful behavior. That man, you're a God that is so loving. That, that, that is so eager to welcome us back into your arms. To give us that do-over. To let us start over once again. Father, I just pray for, for people in here this morning that, that it's their first time that they're going to find you. I just celebrate with you. And, and, and pray that we can that we can that that we can help be a part of their growing process here at Element. I also pray for others in here that have subtly gotten off path a little bit, and and, and they're going to find their way back. They're going to their their spirits are going to be rekindled. Their passion is going to become fervent about something that that is of yours, not just of theirs. And so they're going to be they're going to be coming back as well. And then there are those that may be over on the other end that's walking close with you, but they're going to find um, some deeper meanings and deeper truth in you as you as you allow them in. And, and that there's things that they can obviously work on in their lives as well. But maybe, Father, there's going to be someone in here too that's going to be used by you in a very powerful way to help someone find their way back home to you. And so I pray that wherever we're at, we be open to your Holy Spirit right now. That we would set aside who we are and that we would allow you to just lead us and direct us and guide us. Father, I pray again that we would just, this would be a time of celebration as we close our service out here. And most of all, that all that we've done and said and will continue to do here is to bring you glory. And I pray this all in the powerful name of Jesus.